Welcome to the Green Circuits podcast. Today we're talking with Roger Malmrose, the CEO at Green Circuits. Green Circuits is a leading printed circuit board assembly, PCBA, prototype, and low to medium volume production manufacturer. Green Circuits history extends back to 2001 with a commitment to quality and a focus on speed, and service. Green Circuits provides services to a wide variety of industries and manufactures some extremely complex products. Green Circuits is ITAR certified and operates under ISO 13485, AS9100, and ISO 9001 certifications. Roger, welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for taking some time. So what's the path that brought you here today? What's your background in intellectual property rights and electronic manufacturing services? Well, I actually did my undergraduate in computer science, so I am by by training a computer scientist, and uh, I kind of did did a handful of startups, and I went to actually went to biz biz school after finishing my undergraduate, and 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 a lot of the work that I was doing, I was dealing with software license agreements and negotiating with customers and on protecting their intellectual property as well as protecting our intellectual property. So during during that time, it kind of gave me a hankering again to to consider going to law school, and I uh, ended up uh, going to law school and passed uh, passed the bar. I've never been a uh, practicing attorney, but um, I guess legally I I am an attorney. And even now we deal a lot with uh, with agreements, with confidentiality, and um, manufacturing services agreement that, that, that protect customers intellectual property when, when we deal, um, with, with their product. And so it's, uh, so I've been, been dealing with intellectual property matters for a long time. I probably spent, uh, just about a year, a year and three quarters, uh, in, in China proper, as well as I would, uh, expect about another year in Taiwan and, and Japan and Korea and, uh, traveling, um, uh, traveling Asia, and, and it's always a, a very important issue for our customers to to make sure that their their product, at least what they would hope, that their that the intellectual property related to their products or their software, hardware, or software, are well protected. And so it's uh, it's a, a very common issue that that uh, I, I I deal with all the time. Now, intellectual property, it seems like it's something you're really passionate about. What sort of ignited that passion for you? Well, I'll say, you know, there, there are actually a couple, a couple uh, instances, I think, that, that really, uh, I mean, re- really kind of have, have got me going. Uh, one was a number, <clears throat> no, excuse me, a number of years ago, I was, I had a cu- uh, customer called AFC. They were uh, subsequently acquired by Telabs, but I was actually at CES at the time when, the uh, there was the Asia exhibit um, was downstairs and kind of North North America exhibitors were were upstairs and and uh, my customer AFC I was talking to uh, to to uh, the guy that I would interface with there and he he was just he was absolutely livid and he said Roger he said our board is being manufactured you can go find our board at at some. Uh, at that some one in one of the one of the Asia exhibits uh, downstairs, so he he was lamenting that their board uh, someone had just been had just copied their board. Um, of course, then a uh, complete leakage of intellectual property of of AFC's product. And not too long ago, I, I saw a, a presentation about uh, military uh, military product during the presentation. 
the speaker uh, stated that pro- that the, the estimate was that six hundred uh, billion dollars of R and D was being stolen every year. Uh, just an absolute absolute staggering amount of intellectual property. Uh, I remember uh, hearing that there was a uh, a jet which was developed. It cost them like nine hundred million dollars to uh, to develop the the jet, and Chinese came out with one that only cost them a hundred million dollars to go design. So um, any anyway, you know whether that number is correct or not, it's still a staggering staggering amount of uh, of intellectual property that that is being. Uh, stolen from the United States. So I, I just, it, I think it's really important that companies take a very hard look at, at protecting their products. So how do intellectual property rights come into play at Green Circuits? We have uh, a couple a couple aspects. We are ITAR certified, as, as you mentioned, Nate. So um, we when we we protect uh, customers when when customer files get sent to us, if it's ITAR or uh, related, it can only be dealt with in the United States. All of our employees are U.S. residents, so we abide by our ITAR regulations. Um, what it what it means is that also we do not send any bills of material, any drawings, any information uh, overseas. It all it all stays domestic. And uh, so we take we take uh, protection of intellectual property very very seriously. So you mentioned about th- uh, information not leaving the United States. Where is the Green Circuits production facility located? We are in San Jose, California. We we actually uh, we we buy products uh, components uh, circuit boards as well as uh, various devices. Uh, hardware and and hardware, um, other types of hardware such as plastics and metals, etc., from all over the world. So we do we do we do we do global sourcing. I mean we're we're a pretty good sized uh, tier three manufacturer, so we source product from all over the world. But we only do our manufacturing uh, in San Jose, California. And how long have you been in that uh, in that uh, facility doing operations? Yeah, our, our current facility, we have been in this building for about five years. Uh, as you mentioned, the company's been been around since 2001. So, yeah, we've just been here about a five-year stretch. And what prompted the move? Just more space to handle more projects or just more, more, uh, more uh, advanced uh, technology being put in? Yeah, more, more than anything, it's really just uh, a larger building. Uh, green green circuits has been growing over the growing over the years, and uh, so when it was uh, kind of bursting at, at its seam uh, a handful of years ago, and, and so the decision was made by the management at that time to uh, secure a different building, and uh, so we moved uh, we'd moved, and, that, and frankly, the move really wasn't very far, probably uh, probably less than that's less than a mile away. So we're in the same general geography, but just in a in a larger building. So working in the USA, now, is there a concern with protecting intellectual property rights when manufacturing PCB outside of the U.S.? Uh, it, it's, it's huge. I'll tell you, one of, and this is, this is one of the things that kind of prompted the subject of, uh, of our conversation, and, and that is uh, I, I believe that companies are extremely naive if they believe 
that they're going to send their product and their product information over to uh, all this speak China specifically over to China, and that their their and that that their intellectual property is going to be protected. If a company has like a very short product life cycle, and maybe it's like maybe it's like okay, uh, you know, if it gets stolen, it's not that big of a deal because we we go turn turn our IP every you know every six months or every year, and you know by the time if someone gets gets our old IP, well, we're way, way ahead in the design because we just have a short product life cycle. Okay, fine. But it's, but it's, you know, it's, I think it should be in, in pretty much everybody's memory. That was only, only, uh, you know, less than 10 years ago that there was an employee at Foxconn who jumped off a Foxconn building and killed himself. This was an employee who stole information related to, uh, to an iPhone. And uh, was found out and prompted him to to kill himself. If a company cares about their intellectual property, they they need to expect that their property is going to be stolen. I mean, fine, you know, it doesn't matter whether whether you're manufacturing with a uh, a U.S. based uh, company such as Flextronics, although uh, they're a Singaporean quote unquote, but their corporate is is actually close to here, was in San Jose, it's now Milpitas, or Jabel, or Celestica, or Plexus, or, or, or any of those guys. You should have, if you're going to manufacture your product in China, you should have the expectation that there is a reasonable probability that your intellectual property, your design, your software is going to be appropriated by some employee. They, they try to put in safeguards. They do whatever. Granted, I worked for Flex for four years, so I, I do understand what they do. Nevertheless, um, they're, they're, they're a bunch of, bunch of people that have access to files and manufacturers and whatever. So uh, there, there definitely is uh, risk that uh, the information is going to be stolen. And one, one of the things in, in, the, uh, in, in this uh, presentation that I, that I mentioned that I heard not so long ago, the, um, the the they brought up the whole issue of the United States just recently identified five Chinese companies, uh, one of which is is Huawei, right? A, a big, of course, network uh, network gear guy that is a direct competitor to Cisco, and uh, you know in the US, you know they're they're it's just interesting. They're they're folks that kind of poo-poo the thought that Huawei might be. Uh, appropriating network information, net network, uh, you know, traveled uh, packets and information, but I, honestly, uh, those those who think that this is just a clean uh, situation and that Huawei would never do that are coming from an absolute ignorant, naive situation. Absolutely, they have access to data that travels, and to just and to just march forward with the expectation that their intellectual property is going to be safe if it's traveling on a Huawei network. It's just not. It, it is really being ignorant. So, looking at ways to protect your intellectual property, um, it, it, you just there there is every reason to manufacture in the United States if you want to make sure that your information. Uh, is is secure. So for for a lot of people, they manufacture in China because they look at the costs and they say it's going to be exponentially cheaper to manufacture there. So with with the potential loss of your intellectual property rights and the stealing of your information, 
do you potentially lose more money by having your information stolen than you save by manufacturing overseas? You know, it, it clearly it, the, it's it's a risk factor, right? So when when you're looking at total cost of ownership, and I think we may have a conversation some other time about about that, um, it, it clearly should be should be a risk variable with with a quantitative cost uh, kind of applied to that risk. Um, and so, for for a company where you're you're you've got your you got your business and it is on one product, um, you you should absolutely consider the risk of of your of that information being being appropriated. That doesn't that so for yeah for for cost of manufacturing in the U.S. versus the cost of manufacturing in China. So if if you're doing if you're building your product in the United States. Yeah, ex- you mentioned exponentially less expensive. Okay, probably on the labor material cost, uh, more or less are the same. Actually, it's it is definitely less. It's not really the same. Material raw material cost is is less expensive in the U.S. Maybe it's it's twenty twenty percent, thirty forty percent cheaper. Um, and then the labor is probably 20, one one fifth overall, or, or one fourth or one fifth of the cost in the United States. So you look at those two pieces and say, okay, now I need to consider the cost of transportation from China to the United States. Okay, I've got now I have a landed cost um, in the U.S. versus a land from China versus X factory in the U.S. And pretty much then you have. And uh, you know the same comparison. A lot of other factors. Um, the risk of risk of having your your information appropriated is also something that that um, should be considered. So if if your product is being manufactured in China, the the risk is that. It, and, and of course, there are a lot of copycat guys. So if you have really sophisticated IP that can that can be protected, then you don't want that information to be in China because someone's going to pick it up. They're going to move it. Then they're going to pull it apart. They're going to go try to find the code inside of, of your device or your software or or whatever. And and so probably the speed at which a competitive firm can replicate your product is dramatically increased. It doesn't mean that they're if you manufacture in the U.S. Okay, a company in China could go buy your product and ship it to China and then try to um, reverse engineer a finished product. Lots tougher to do that if you have, for example, rather than just um, you know basic source code, if you have compiled code or or embedded in firmware or or whatever, much much more difficult to um, appropriate the you know the the source code that's associated with software or some of the product. And there are things that companies can do like do potting or other types of protective measures to make it much more difficult for their product to be copied. But if you're sending your intellectual property over in China and, and nearly everything is digital, of course, um, all it takes is a thumb drive uh, placed into into a server, um, and your your raw information um, is then on the market to be sold to to, uh, to a copycat manufacturer. Now, in your experience with electronic manufacturing industry, what are some examples of how patents, copyrights, trademarks, and other things of that nature were copied or stolen? 
Yeah. So usually, I mean, usually what you see is that uh, if, you, if you're doing the manufacturing of your product in, in China, it, typically what happens is you, you send all of your, all of your files go over there. So your, your, your uh, software, your hardware, your drawings, your schematics, your layouts, everything gets, gets moved to China. And so it's easy, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it's easy just to put a thumb drive and download a handful of files onto the thumb drive. And suddenly, whoever, whoever did that, clearly they don't have, they don't operate under this, under the same, um, ethical structure or legal structure that we do in the U.S. But once you've got those files on, on a thumb drive, then there's, then there's a market. So someone who is, uh, you know, who is a thief, um, it's just going to go around and, and go to a handful of companies and say, hey, guess what I've got? I've got some great detail. How much, how much will you pay me for this data? And, and so typically it's, it's just, it's an electronic theft and, um, and then just marketing, marketing it around to prospective competitors. Um, uh, and you say, all right, well, the other thing is, is if there's a market for the product in China, well, maybe they're not going to ship it to the US or the US, or maybe they say, you know, this is going to be fine. I'm just going to appropriate this data and I'm going to go build a competitive product. I'm going to use my competitor's data and I'm going to go build their product, brand it with my own name, and I'm fine. I'm going to be fine just, just selling it in China or somewhere else and I don't need to send it back to the United States. Nevertheless, it's like, okay, now someone else you know, gets it and it just pr- it proliferates and just electronic data, it, it's very easy, right? It, it travels, right? Instantaneous pretty much if it's, if it's uh, transmitted over the internet and, uh, you know, the, the slow boat is just, yeah, it's on a thumb drive and you walk it over or fly it over to some competitor and say, here you go. And it's uh, an immediate upload of data. And once it's gone, you never get it back. Now, what concerns do your customers have with sharing their project information? Well, mostly that that it's going to be that it's going to be stolen, and that uh, you know most of them, if they you know they, the design, you know the design of a product takes a tremendous amount of of resource, um, not only not only just in in terms of hours of um, you know engineering time and manufacturing time and development time. But if you create something that's truly special, you want to find a way to to protect it so that um, I mean, right? That that is basically the, the the true value to create a new kind of product to solve a new kind of problem in a novel way, and thus you you may be able to be uh, patentable or at least trade secret protected, and you're able then to to make your company very profitable and and true to truly create value. By solving by solving the world's problems, but if if your value is is appropriated by somebody else, and suddenly it's now competed away in in a uh, you know kind of a black market or an or a gray market um, you know marketplace, then uh, the value of all your 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 investment, your intellect, your ideas, your creativity, all that then gets basically gets stolen and you never are able to capitalize to the to the full extent on on the value of your product development. Now, what kind of training do you uh, support your team with at Green Circuits in regards to intellectual property rights? 
Yeah, we do. So we we train all of our all of our new employees. They uh, we have them sign confidentiality agreements. Um, they're also trained on usage of, uh, for example, our servers and and our our uh, data data storage um, infrastructure. They we there are for us there are restrictions in terms of what persons can access what files. So um, we don't you know we we don't for example. Um, allow access to certain uh, customer files or product files, um, except for those that are basically on, an, uh, on a need-to-know basis. So we, we provide those kind of, uh, um, uh, say, infrastructure uh, and training um, firewalls up so that we so that we don't have a lot of people accessing data that they should not have any any right or ability to access. Now, can the theft of intellectual property rights be prevented? Uh, prevented. I mean, a hundred percent prevented. Honestly, if you have a thief, and if they are sophisticated enough, and they go drill down for information, um, can it be a hundred hundred percent prevented? We, we will have an initiative uh, that we will be beginning next year that will, will take us actually up to even a, a kind of a non-traditional uh, market perspective in terms, in terms of data protection and uh, authentication requirements. Um, so that, that, you know, I, the expectation for us is that it will you know, kind of almost make it impossible for information to be stolen. But, you know, again, if you've got somebody that, that's got, you know, that's the IT guy or whatever or has access to certain files or whatever, you got to keep, you know, monitoring them and making sure that, that they're not accessing files that they, that they shouldn't be accessing. So, you know, can it be prevented? I mean, it's a, it's a, it's tough, even even in the U.S., but here where, you know, we work under a completely different ethical structure. Um, so uh, it, it requires really a lot of monitoring and, and uh, really uh, efforts to, to make sure that that data is being properly secured. It sounds like at Green Circuits, protecting the intellectual property rights is a huge priority for you. Absolutely, well, without question. That way, the, that way, your customers can feel confident working with you, no matter what their product might be and at what stage of development. Absolutely correct. I mean, and we and we work with we work with customers all the way from from concept to finished product and and direct fulfillment. So you know, it, it is it is the full shop of uh, of services. So uh, a customer that we may have. Might might even come to us with, uh, you know, the the proverbial napkin. Say, here's my design. Can you guys take it from here? And and we we can take it all the way to, you know, schematic capture and layout and the mechanical design and um, everything everything in between on the design side as well as then manufacturing the product and and getting getting it taken care of and and delivered delivered to their customer. So it is absolutely imperative that we hold our customers' data um, uh, as as tightly controlled and as uh, with with the utmost protection possible that that we can muster for 
um, all of our customers' products. I mean, it is, it is clearly their lifeblood is our lifeblood, and so we treat we treat all of our customers' data as if it were our own. And Frank, not not only not only do we do so just as a matter of practice, but we we legally bind ourselves and all of our employees that we treat our customers' data with with the utmost uh, protect, protection and confidentiality. Now, is there anything else you'd like to add to our conversation today? You know, I would just, I would just, uh, you know, the only thing I would, I would add is just is a little bit of a of a restatement that we talked about earlier that that if, that customers or companies that have intellectual property in in their products need to not be naive about the the ease at which copycat manufacturers uh, will, will are, are very happy to steal uh, information. There's a, a huge market for information, and yeah, actually, I had a, a previous company that I that I worked with, and you know, just just uh, maybe it's not a surprise, but um, we we were going through looking at um, some of the some of the crowdfunding sites um, that that are that are out there, and uh, there are we we ended up finding that there are companies um, in China. That regular regularly monitor uh, ideas that uh, you know, product ideas that are put forth on crowdfunding sites, and we have had we had a number of instances where a competing an identical product came out in China before the crowdfunded company was able to get its product to market. So even 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 just going on, you know, Indiegogo and and putting a picture and an idea of your of your product, saying, "Gosh, we're out looking for, you know, two hundred thousand dollars to help us launch launch this idea." There are companies who are looking at that. If they see that, you know, the the crowdfunding momentum is increasing, they will go take a look at your look at your your product and many and they may even bring it to market before you are able to do so. So uh, I guess really understanding the severity of the situation and and the real issues associated with with protecting your your products, um, your the the, inter, the IP associated with your product, whether it's the industrial design or the electrical design or whatever associated with it. I guess my you know my my request is just that uh, you know U.S. U.S. Well, I won't say even even just U.S. U.S. Canadian European companies those. That are well, Japanese bunch of a bunch of them. If you care about your intellectual property, you need to make sure that that your manufacturer will take care of it. So that's that's my that's my last two bits, Nate. That incredibly important because it, for for everyone, your idea is so important to everything, and there are people that will happily take it from you at any turn. Thank you so much for sharing your experience on intellectual property rights and electronic manufacturing services. What's the best way for someone to contact you about your services? You know, probably the best uh, the best way is just to contact uh, Green Circuits. Uh, you can send uh, an email at uh, Green Circuits uh, info at greencircuits.com. And uh, our phone number, I'll give you our, our basic phone number. It's 408 408- Five two six seventeen hundred, and if someone really wants to talk about intellectual property rights, give them a call and say, "Hey, I heard Roger talking on the podcast, and can you go get him for me?" And they'll come and grab me, and we'll have a good discussion. Roger Malmoro, CEO at Green Circuits. Thank you so much for your time today. 
<laughs> no, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Nate.